Welcome to Visionaries Global Media, your number one source for podcasting entertainment. Visionaries Global Media, envisioning excellence on a global scale. Love that. I love that. And yo, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the latest episode of the Wrestling Index Podcast. As always, your boy TK in the house. And if you're not familiar with the show, you can check out the Wrestling Index Podcast right here on Floor Sniper Sports YouTube, all major audio platforms, including iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, and the Visionary Global Media Network. And of course, FloorSlapperSports.com. If you're not familiar with FloorSlapperSports.com, we are your home for sports, wrestling, and entertainment. Whether it's NFL, fantasy football, NBA, MLB, power rankings, lists, drafts, whatever you want it, we got it. FloorSlapperSports.com. Get on there. Check it out. And if you're watching today, I'm not going to be on here too long, 30, 45 minutes max. I got a new thing I'm busting out. It's going to be called either AW or WWE, depending upon which topic I'm doing. Pick 10. So I do, if you follow me, floorsliversports.com, you know I do my power rankings. I do a power 10 where I go through the top 10 teams and kind of list their better qualities or whatever. It's just a quick way for me to get on and talk football for 10, 15 minutes. So I figured instead of doing a power 10 because that doesn't make much sense, one of my favorite podcasts out here in Chicago, not podcast, local AM radio show, Molly and Haw, they do a pick six where they take six sports topics from the day before and talk about them. So I figured, why don't I do a pick 10, power 10, or pick six, power 10, combine them into the pick 10. So that's what I'm doing. Put my own little my own little twist, my own little spin on there. So it'll be TK's pick 10. This case, the first one I'm doing. So we just hit full gear this weekend. So why not start at AW episode one? So of course, always the wrestling index podcast, but It'll be AEW Pick 10, Episode 1. And that's how we'll be doing it from now on. So whether it be AEW, WWE, regardless, it'll be 10 subjects, 10 topics from the company. So I'm not going to intermingle. It's not going to be an AEW, WWE show. And maybe every now and then, if I don't got too much with one of each other to talk about, maybe I'll go that route. But ideally, I think there's 10 topics a week we could find to talk about for 30 to 45 minutes. You know what I'm saying? So we'll start with AEW. Number one, full gear thoughts. AW full gear was this past Saturday, and it was a banger, 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 banger of a show. I'm sorry, you're not an AEW fan, and you watch the show, and you watch the show, and it didn't push you just a little bit more. I don't know what you're watching. The show was awesome from start to finish. It was very good. It told compelling stories. The in-ring work was absolutely fantastic. And again, from start to finish, there wasn't a bad match. And everyone's like, oh, Jaden Nyla wasn't good. Why? Why wasn't it good? I think it was like seven minutes they gave us. They had a couple cool entrances. They they beat each other. I mean, did you expect that match to be a five-star in-ring classic? No. I don't, I don't understand why people expect every match to be fucking 
Dean Malenko and Chris Benoit. It doesn't, it doesn't make any sense to me, man. Brian Danielson ain't out here wrestling every single match. Like, if it's Jade and Nyla and they put on, like, a two-and-a-half, three-star match, that's okay. You're putting Jade on the card. You're continuing her winning streak. And personally, I enjoyed the match for what it was. I thought it was cool. Both women hit each other's finishers, and it was dope. Yes, it was the worst match of the night. But if you have 10 matches, I did not include the pre-show, but you had 10 main card matches, and that's the worst match of the night, and that's what you go into the show thinking, right? Like, you go into the show thinking, if Nyla and Jade's the worst match of the night, then we're doing okay here. And if there's nothing even comparable to that that could be the worst match of the night, then we're definitely doing okay here. And there was nothing that you could even say that was close to that being the worst match tonight. And that wasn't even a bad match. That's how fucking rocking this show was. From start to finish, fucking, I was just enthralled with this show. I wasn't sure how they were going to go about it. Tony Khan said he wanted to shorten the show up compared to, comparatively to the last show. You know, I think there was like 12 matches on the main show, main card last time, so I could get a lot. This show started off, and I'm not going to go be long-winded with it all, but it started off with Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus. Jungle Boy got the win. Jungle Boy got Pyro. I thought that was awesome seeing Jungle Boy get Pyro. It was really interesting to me throughout the show to see who got Pyro. So AEW OGs, and we'll talk about that later. But Jungle Boy looked great in this match. I love the elbow connecting right to Luchasaurus's chest. I thought he, um, from the top of the cage through the table, I thought he might have came up just a bit short. But then again, I don't know if he was trying to go through Luchasaurus or not or just hit the point of the elbow. So I really enjoyed that, and I love Jungle Boy getting the win. It was absolute must Jungle Boy gets the win, and hopefully he moves on. You got the Elite came back to take on the Death Triangle, and it was fucking awesome. The highlight packages, the vignettes, it was so fucking cool, dude. The Lucha Brothers and Pack, their entrance is awesome as fucking always, so it was great to see that, man. And I really like the ending of the match there. You know, I'll talk about it later when we when we get to this best of seven that comes up. But I love the ending. Pack and, and Phoenix have been having their issues back and forth. And if you, if Death Triangle, they're so fucking G to start with because if you watch their entrance, it's been like this for a while. Pack always comes out of the heel locker room. Well, you know, it starts with Penta in the middle, who is nor babyface nor heel. He leans more baby now, but it, it all depends when and where, right? You have Phoenix comes out of the face locker room with Alex jumping behind him, and you got Pack that comes out of the heel locker room. So it's just fitting how that works. I didn't like how Alex wasn't at the match or at ringside for the match because he doesn't like what's going on with Pack and the hammer. That was fucking silly, especially with how they set up the ending where Phoenix might use the hammer. That was fucking a dope-ass ending. He had to use the hammer to, to counter the one-winged angel. I digress. I fucking love the ending for sure. Jade and Nyla, I thought it was a fun match. Jade looks so cool, dude. She looked awesome with the baddies out there. And I love how she hit the Nyla bomb. And I love the ending of the match. So I, I was a big, I was a fan of that match, too. ROH Championship. Dude, Sammy Guevara. Say what the fuck you want to say about Sammy Guevara, but Sammy Guevara is fucking legit as hell, man. That dude between the ropes is fucking a 10, dude. He can do no wrong. So fantastic, man. He had a couple awesome spots in this match. Uh, we saw a shooting star press and a sharpshooter. Uh, there's a, a sharpshooter LaBelle Lock combo to Jericho at one point. It was fucking nasty as hell, dude. I'm fucking the crowd screaming, fucking this is awesome. I'm sitting on my couch fucking jumping out of my seat, dude. These four guys just tore the house down. Arguably the match of the night. There's three matches that were arguably the match of the night. This is one of them. The trios match was the match of the night. If I didn't mention that when I was running through it, I, you know, I apologize. The trios match was the match of the night. ROH championship match was like right there. And then the AEW Women's Championship was right there as well. It's like all three of them, like 1A, 1B, 1C, it probably leaned towards the trios. 
this probably second women's championship, probably third, maybe women's championship second in this third. But it was like, like I said, bang, bang, bang. Like all three of them were just so fucking good. And then we had uh, Jericho won this match. It was with uh, with the Jewish effect at the end of it. Uh, it was a really fun match. It was cool because you saw Jericho and Sammy actually throw down at each other. And we didn't know if that was going to be something that would happen. There were some rumors that Sammy would just be laying down for Jericho, which I didn't like at all. I like how Jericho and Sammy went at, went at each other. And Jericho had a post, uh, I don't think it was a post-game, post-press conference thing. But it was uh, during the show and he had an interview, I believe. He was talking about how... Yeah, I think it was during the show, actually, because Orange Cassidy was there. Yeah, against with Jack Swagger. Jack Swagger's cool hat. Fuck Jake Hager. I don't know why I call him Jack Swagger. Jake Hager. Um, and uh, talking about his cool hat and shit, which was pretty cool. I always think his, that his hat's funny. It's a fucking cool hat. But Orange, yes, Orange Cassidy was in the backpack. Pulls out the championship. Says, well, fight for it. So I'm going to fight for it on Dynamite. That's dope. But Jericho says he respects Sammy for what he did. You know, you want to fight. That's why he loves the kids. So I thought it was really cool watching them beat the shit out of each other. And all four guys beat the hell out of each other throughout the match. There was some nice, fun interactions, too, between Brian and Claudio as well, which was dope. Um, we had Soraya and DMD. Again, it's interesting who gets the pyro here, right? DMD gets the pyro. Soraya, no pyro. I was like, oh, okay, okay. Soraya got the win, which was cool. And, you know, she was all teary-eyed after the match, crying, celebrating with brother, her brother, celebrating with the crowd. I'm not going to lie, dude. I'm a wrestling fan. I get marky with this kind of shit. And seeing people like Edge, Brian, her come back on such a long hiatus, knowing how much they loved the game and how great they were, I was teary-eyed as well, watching her be teary-eyed. And she wrestled a good match. Her and DMD put it on. Very safe match. Not too much next next stuff, so I wasn't too cringed out by it. But it, it was a fun match um, nonetheless. Another match that was fun, a match that I was super surprised about. Triple threat, man beating man, big meat all over the place. You got Warlow, Joe, and Hobbs. And surprise winner, Samoa Joe. We uh, did a pregame or uh, a pregame show, a, uh, a preview show for the pay per view last week here on the Wrestling Index podcast. And everyone agreed that it's either Warlow or Hobbs. There's no chance in hell it's Joe. He's there to take the fall. And then I had 11 people do predictions for the website, and not one person took Samoa Joe. So, I don't know, Tony throwing a little fucking curveball there. And Samoa Joe now is a double champion, as he has the TNT Championship and the ROH Television Championship. And Samoa Joe is the only non-AEW original to hold an AEW Championship right now. Very interesting stuff right there. Very interesting stuff. But the match was fun, and it was exactly what we wanted, and I still want Wardlow and Hobbs badly one-on-one. I'll fuck with Wardlow and Joe one-on-one. I'll take a Hobbs and Joe one-on-one. So we got a lot of different one-on-one combinations. We're going to see big men slapping meat, and I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, we get uh, an announcement that we get Ishii versus Jericho for the ROH Championship on Dynamite. There's that little um, little fucking backstage vignette that I, or interview that I was talking about right there with Jericho and Jake Hager and Orange Cassidy, where they were talking about Jake's beautiful hat, and that's where the challenge came about. So on Dynamite, we will see Ishii versus Jericho for the ROH Championship, and we will see Orange Cassidy versus Jake Hager for the All-Atlantic Championship. And I was, you know, Orange was on the pre-show, but I was surprised he wasn't defending the belt on this show, but whatever it is, what it is. With that bloated roster, it's hard to get everyone on there. No defense. Where the fuck's FTR? Where the fuck's Miro? But I'm here. Positive stuff that's not... Part of my time today. I'll get there. We got 
new build towards new shows coming up. So I'll give him time to get them on the show. I digress. Keeping the show moving. Sting, Darby, Jeff Jarrett, Jay Lethal is what I thought it was. They fought all over the arena. A bunch of cool spots. It was fun. Satnam Sting actually had a couple of cool spots in the match. Sting, Darby got the win. This next match, again, arguably the match of the night, but it could fall anywhere from one to three, depending upon when I'm watching it in the moment. Definitely a match I would go back and rewatch. The whole damn thing was cool, dude. Again, interesting to see who gets the pyro, who doesn't. The AEW Women's Championship. Jamie Hayter got the pyro. Tony Storm did not. I was a little baffled by that. I was like, damn, Jamie's getting the pyro. Maybe Jamie's going over here. And at the end of the day, Jamie went over. It was fucking dope. There was so much back and forth. I thought Jamie won the bout like three different times. I was sitting there, oh, my God, Jamie. Oh, my God, Jamie. Because I like what Tony Storm's been doing. But listen, you, you strike while the iron's hot. The crowd is so into Jamie Hayter right now. Why not just put the title on her? So I'm glad that he went and pulled the, the trigger. You had Rebel come out there, cause interference, which almost helped her win the match. It didn't. She didn't win. Tony kicked out. And then you had Dr. Britt Baker come out not once but twice and help. Jamie Hayter, and the second time was too much for Tony Storm. And Jamie Hayter is your new AEW fucking interim, fucking interim women's champion. And I think that's going to go away sooner than later. We're going to figure out either Rose is going to come back and Hayter is going to fucking do away with her quickly, or Rose just is not going to come back anytime soon. They're just going to pull that away. And they'll probably do like a Jamie Hayter versus Tony Storm rematch or a fatal four way or something along that for the actual women's championship, which Jamie Hayter better hold on to. Because we got a lot of good stuff down the road with Hater Soraya, potentially Hater Brit Soraya, potentially good stuff. I'm very excited. But Jamie Hater winning the championship was absolutely the right decision. So very exciting. I was very pumped up during that match. And just the whole match was fun. It was really solid, solid women's match from AEW. One of their better ones that they've ever put on, quite frankly. Next, AEW Tag Team Championship. I didn't expect much out of this match, and it was exactly what I expected. Swerve walked out on, or Keith Lee walked out on Swerve about three quarters of the way through the match. Swerve fought valiantly at the end there, but the acclaim held on to their belts. All this was about was telling the story of Swerve and Keith Lee breaking up, and of course, Swerve's feud with Daddy S. Daddy did come out from the back. Daddy wasn't out there for ringside, which I know the crowd was disappointed about, but they did get to see Daddy S at one point during the match. He came out to try to fuck with Swerve. But referees came out, held them back, whatnot, whatever. It is what it is. The Acclaim, still your AEW World Tag Team Champions. And it'll be interesting to see where Swerve and Keith Lee go. You know, you got to think it's going to be a one-on-one feud. And last but not least, the AEW World Championship match. This was the one. We all knew MJF was walking away with the championship. We all knew it. There was no way in hell that MJF was not winning the championship. I think of all 11 people who did the predictions, everyone had MJF across the board. Yo, again, you strike while the iron's hot. You don't fucking have this whole feud between MJF and Tony Khan feud, but, you know, MJF calling Tony Khan out, calling him all in every name in the fucking book, saying he got a new contract, he got this, he's going to be the world champion, bring him back, have him get the, the chip at All Out. It was all told. The story has been fucking perfect. And then William Regal's involvement has been more than perfect. Telling MJF to win like a man, you better win like a man. Which always confused me because William Regal was a fucking cheater his whole career. So I digress. But the match back and forth. John Moxley was a fucking man in this match. He looked fantastic again. Put MJ up over fucking tenfold. And ended with William Regal turning heel on Moxley though. And 
giving MJF a pair of brass knuckles. MJF took the ring out of his trunks. He was going to hit Mox with it. Regal came out and said, no, no, no. Give me that ring. MJF throws the fucking ring. And then Regal tells Mox to wake the ref up. Mox looks at the referee. Williams slides him the knucks. Crowd goes crazy. I go crazy. And MJF used the brass knuckles. Pops Mox. One, two, three. And new world champion MJF with the devil by his side. The devil with the devil. The real devil was at William Regal this whole time. Can't wait for Dynamite. It'll be in Chicago. I'm not going to be able to make it. Babysitting holidays. Ah! Wish I was going to be there, but I can't fucking wait to watch it. My overall thoughts on Full Gear was that it was a 10 out of fucking 10. AEW OGs went over fucking big time. Great in-ring match quality. And I'm very, very excited to see where they go with future storylines. So that's my number one. Number two, we'll stick with it. MJF wins the fucking world championship. Holy shit. Like, that's fucking huge news, obviously. MJF wins the AEW world championship. AEW original, another one, wins the title. Much deserved. He earned it. You know, I hate saying, like, you deserve it. But he earned it. He earned this championship. He is great on the stick. He's great in the ring. His body is fucking chiseled. And I can't wait to see where he goes with this. The whole story he's told since he's been back from since, since All Out has been awesome. Getting the chip. Is he with the firm? Is he not with the firm? He wants to win this belt clean. Telling William Regal, fuck him for fucking passing him over as a 19-year-old kid. And then the way he won the belt. We knew he was going to win the belt. But the way he won the belt. How was he going to win the belt? Was he actually going to do it clean? Was the firm going to come down and get involved? Or was William Regal going to interfere? Well, it was the William Regal story. And I'm really excited to see where this goes. Because it leads to a couple of things now. So, again, as I just said, who was the real devil the whole time? Obviously, was this William Regal's plan this whole time? Could have been. But William Regal, MJF, together. I'm excited to see where it goes for a few reasons. One, because you got the number one contender match between Ethan Page and Ricky Stacks coming up on Dynamite, which either one will be a great opponent for MJF. Ricky and MJF, I could see being like an all-out, main event a year from now for the world championship or a year and a half from now at like a full gear or something or two years from now at a huge show like mjf and ricky starks like and we're gonna redo and i'm gonna something i'm gonna do um on this podcast and for the website i'm gonna go redo a pillar list these are two pillars of the company both of them on the mic in the ring chiseled bodies overall charismatic like they got hollywood-esque written all over them so you could do that or Ethan Page, Ethan Page, my God, I've been saying how underrated he is for fucking a year now since he's been in AEW, just wasting away. Finally, like the leader of the firm, which is beautiful to see. He, I think he would be the better winner here because it does more for him getting the title shot than for Ricky. Ricky could take the loss and be fine. Ethan Page charismatic as fuck too. So like he can, he'll be fine too if he loses. Either one will be fine. I think the better choice is probably Ethan Page though. Neither one's going to win. It's MJF's title run to start. Who's been the next big feud with then? This is easy. This writes itself really funny on the show, the, the prediction show. Keith from the Universal Wrestling Podcast goes, so what happens if they're if William Regal turns? They're no longer the Blackpool Combat Club. There's the Combat Club. So now there's the Combat Club. And you got Brian Danielson, who, like, when, the, when Mox won the title, I really wanted that to be Brian because I thought, you know, Another guy who earned it. I thought Brian being a AEW world champion and adding that to his career resume was definitely earned. 
I get why he went to Mox, made him a three-time champ. The story with MJF fucking wrote itself. Probably had more credence with Regal turning on Mox than turning on Brian. So, again, I, I understand the reason that they went there. I want Brian and MJF, though. I don't know that I want that right now. I want Brian to win the title. I don't want Brian to lose the title again. But I think Brian's naturally the, the best first opponent for MJF. Let Moxley go away from a li- for a little bit. Brian go after MJF. I still want Brian to win the ROH championship from Jericho. So it's, it's hard to it's hard to, to to book where this goes. Positive thing with AEW is there's so the the, the talents the roster is so bloated. It's so talented. Plenty of different people that they can go with. But nonetheless, MJF, not MOX. I love John Moxley, my favorite wrestler in the world. But MJF, as he said in that press conference, is your new AEW world champion. And buckle the fuck up, kids. Because the man is now in charge. And he could easily hold this belt for a year. He could be champion for six months and flip babyface. There's a lot that could happen. Let's move on. Number three, the elite are back. They didn't win against Death Triangle. I was wrong. I didn't know that we were going to get a best out of seven series, though, which I foresee the elite winning. But the elite didn't win the first match. Their first match back was awesome. Kenny Omega was shirtless right away. Looked ripped, looked chiseled, looked swole out. It was nice to see. Because everyone was complaining when he got back from when he got back from his injury that he was looking fat or whatever. It's fucking stupid, dude. He's Kenny Omega, man. Well, fucking shut up. Anyway, the, he looked awesome. Young Bucks looked great. It was so great to see the elite back. Again, don't love them as people, but love what they do in the ring. The AEW is definitely a much better place with them there inside of that squared circle. The match was awesome. It again. Could have been match of the night. Could go back and rewatch the show, and it easily could be match of the night. Um, and it was my match of the night, you know. So I'm just back and forth with this one and the women's match and the ROH title match. But but this this got to be the match of the night. I'll give uh, Brett from Brainbuster Boys podcast, and you know he's been on Wrestling Index six you know six hundred times, and writes for FloorSlaperSports.com. He does a weekly top ten matches of the week and uh he he's done 13 five-star matches now and this was one of them so and it was his match of the night he said the aura in the room that he was in that while while they were watching the show was just a, a, a bunch i was watching the show by myself it was crazy i didn't even tell a story like i had a disconnect from the world i had a friendsgiving on saturday so i couldn't watch a dub live i uh, i ordered the pay-per-view i ordered the replay i'm on xfinity but i couldn't watch it live so I had to disconnect, turn my phone off because I didn't want any spoilers. You know how that is. So came home, was planning on ordering it or, or ordering it that night when I got home and we were watching it. But I was so tired and, you know, festivities, a little drunk, a little buzz, whatever. I ended up going right to bed, woke up super early, like 7.30 a.m. Uh, not that that's super early by any means. So I woke up early, put the show on because I wanted to get the four hours in before the Bears game. Boom, four hours, eight, dubbing again. I was just marking out like the whole time. I wasn't even, it's not like it was live for me. But it was like, as live as it's going to get. And I fucking love the shit out of it. And I don't know. That women's match was so good. No, our ROH title match was so good. But, yeah, I know. Sitting here talking about match of the night so much. But, yeah, it's, this is definitely probably my match of the night. I'd love to go back and watch the show. And I probably will sometime. But what we're going to get, what the topic of conversation is for, is that we're going to see a best of seven now. So the, so the Death Triangle beat the Elite in this first match. Pack was trying to get Phoenix to use the hammer, threw it away. Phoenix threw it away the first time. Pack gave it back to him. 
stuck in Phoenix's hand. Kenny is going for a one-winged angel. Phoenix has got a fucking the only counter is to hit him with the hammer. Hits him with the hammer. He gets the pin. It was awesome to see Phoenix have to use heel tactics to get the win. Pack was all happy about it. Big celebration after the match. And again, then they announced um, towards the end of the show that we're going to get a best of seven. And I'm fucking here for it. A lot of people are like, how are they going to put on this quality and match seven straight times? Because you're going to imagine that it's going to go seven for sure. I don't see foresee a sweep or a three to or four to two or anything like that happening. It's going to go seven hundred percent. I think the last match is in California. If that fucking doesn't give it away, I don't know what what does. But the elite are going to win this. I'm fucking all for them having this best of seven. It's going to be just compelling television, compelling matches, and then we eventually get Adam Cole is the leader of the kingdom with Mike Bennett and Matt Taven, Maria. And they're going to challenge the elite. I don't know if they win it from them, but that'll be great, great first first challengers for them. So I'm pumped. I'm ready to go. And the first match, ugh, the show's going to be banging in Chicago. My boy Gary messaged me today and said he got an extra ticket. I was like, ah, I don't think I got babysitting, man. Kids, you know, two kids under two always struggle. Anyway, let's move on. Number four. And new AEW Women's Champion, Jamie Hayter. Let's go. Boom. Mm-mm. Boom. Mm. Sorry, I'm obvious. That was me jamming out to her ring music, fucking entrance song, Walk, watching her power walk to the ring. Gets me fucking fired up. That's why, like, this is arguably the match of the night to me because I was fucking so dumb. Like, AEW, sometimes I put on good women's matches, but, like, the stories inside aren't, aren't the best. It's, like, one or the other. This was everything. This was a good match with a good story involved and a great winner. Like, I'm still fucking stoked about this. Great choice to win the match. As I just said, it was a great back-and-forth match between two longtime friends. Rebel came out, got involved. Um, Jamie was comes to win. Rebel gets kicked out. DMD comes out from the crowd. Stomp on the belt. Tony kicks out. DMD then fucking is like, what the fuck? James, what the fuck? Uh, Tony gets fucking, I think Tony might have hit a Storm Zero that Hater kicked out of. And then Britt fucks with the corner, the ring apron or the turnbuckle comes off, exposed turn, exposed, uh, exposed turnbuckle, bang, Tony's head hits, Hater gets the win, ripcord over. Oh, fuck. I was pumped, baby. I was pumped, baby. And new Jamie Hater. I'm really excited because of a couple of things now. I think we'll see a rematch between Jamie and Tony, which I'm all in on. I think that we'll finally get Thunder Rosa's return and Jamie will just fucking stomp her, get rid of this interim shit. And I'm more all in on that than I could fucking say. And hopefully down the road, this will start to lead to a little bit of tension between Britt and Jamie. I know Britt helped her win. But you got to think, like, that's where the story is going to go. AEW is in a good place with their women's division with their women's division right now. Jade, whether we like to admit it or not, is on top of the world. If you just get her the right fucking opponents, right? And then you got Jamie Hayter, now AEW Women's Champion. You got Britt still at the top of the women's division with Soraya right there now. Awesome. I personally would love to see Soraya and Jamie. I'd love to see Soraya and Jade. I'd like to see Britt and Jamie. I'd like to see Britt and Jade. I'd like to see Tony and Jade. There are so many different moving parts. And this is like, I'm not even talking about Sheeta. You still get a Sheeta Jamie thing. I know they got some beef. They've had uh, two matches in the past before. I think Jamie might have won them both. So there's, there's a lot to unfold with the AEW women's division here. Just give them a little more time on TV. But, and new Jamie Hayter and Britt Baker is basically the reason for it. Well, I mean, the crowd's the reason for it because the crowd, well, Jamie Hayter's the reason for it because she got the crowd fucking behind her. But 
in this match, Britt Baker helps Jamie hit her. And she can always hold it over her now. Little carrot dangling over. Don't you know I helped you in the belt? You know, well, if it wasn't for me, would you even have won the belt? Well, don't you know? And I know that Jamie could say the same thing about Britt's title reign, but no, she's got that little carrot dangling over her. Anyways, let's move on. It's keeping it with the women. Number five, Soraya got me emotional. All right. It was so good to see Soraya back. Nice return. It wasn't a five-star match by any means. Maybe a four-star match, but the emotional investment was good. Brett had like 70% of the offense, as you expected. You want Soraya's big comeback story at the end, which was cool. That's not, I don't care about any of that. Soraya being back is awesome. She wrestles one match a month, one match every two months. I don't care. Get her on TV at least once a week, at least well, at least once every other week in the wing in the ring cutting promos. Just her being there makes that women's division so much more relevant and elevates it so much. So I love it. Nice victory. She got she got me teary eyed, man. Watching her celebrate with her brother in the crowd and her crying, and she was so happy. And her putting her head over Britt's head after the match and just thanking her. Fucking love a good wrestling story. I love a good wrestling story. Same shit. Brian popped me. He made me cry. Edge popped me. He made me cry. And story is no different. So, you know, these these people, they're so invested. They give their heart, their soul, their body, literally, literally their bodies to this business. I get invested in it. And I was invested. She came back. Loved, as I just said, can't wait to see where she goes forward. And whether it is against Jamie, whether it is against Jade, I don't know. But I'm looking forward to it. Let's keep this show on the road. ROH real title picture. Like I said, there's three major matches for me. Um, I'm really four with the fucking cage match. Jungle Boy Jack Perry is the man. But this match stole the show. Sammy Guevara was fascinating. Brian and Claudio were so good technically. And they were fucking just rough and aggressive throughout the match. And Chris Jericho, the Ocho, he is fucking forever getting going up my list of best of all time. He's quickly approaching top 10 He's ready top 15. He's definitely getting top 10-ish. He continues to do what he does at his age. He looks absolutely fantastic. Story these guys told in this match was great. I look forward to seeing where they go with the ROH World Championship moving forward. I think maybe the Claudio thing's got to go. Maybe they have one more match between Claudio and Jericho. Maybe they don't. I want Brian to be the one to win this title off of Jericho. I know I also want Brian and MJF. He can't have them both. I, I don't know. I think that's just how good Brian is, right? Like the story tells itself. You can always have Claudio go after MJF, have Brian go after Jericho, which would be kind of cool as well. So we'll see where this goes. I look forward to them. The reason that I look forward to this because I continue to want them, or I want them to continue to bring in names. I want to see like guys like Eddie Edwards, maybe a Davey Richards come in. Seeing Ishii come in is absolutely awesome. I loved what they did with Colt. You know, I got I got him on my arm, but. It was a prick. So love seeing what they did with Cole Cabana. I eventually want to see a Samoa Joe match. Adam Cole's definitely on the horizon. Uh, I think Kyle O'Reilly's gone for like a year, but you know, if he was to come back at any point in the foreseeable future, him and Jericho would fucking slap too. So down, down with it. Loving that Jericho retained. I want to keep see this thing keep going. This story is fucking awesome, and I expect it to keep going. And speaking of ROH, let's talk about the ROH television champion. Joe, 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 Joe. If you were listening earlier, then you know Samoa Joe is now also the AEW TNT champion. So Joe's a double champ. Joe's the only non-AEW OG 
as an AEW champion. He's a double champ. He's got TNT championship here. He's got the uh, television championship here. Fucking awesome. Uh, I like, I like, I love the, the triple threat magic. I think it could have been a little bit longer, but I get it. When you had big meaty guys slapping meat like that, you don't want it to go very long. But Joe winning. It was an interesting choice. I know he's on the cover of the final battle poster. Um, that's going to take place on December 10th. I don't know. I don't know why they win with Joe. I thought that, you know, especially if you're putting the belts on the rest of AEW OGs, and I don't even know if Tony intended. I mean, come on. He's the owner of a wrestling company. Of course, he intended to go that way. But I would have probably stuck with Wardlow and Win Hobbs solely because I could have said that all my champions are AEW OGs. And if you look at the list of champions, it's like, holy shit, you had MJF, Wardlow, Jamie Hayter, the acclaimed. Orange Cassidy, like fuck. Okay, yeah, these are these are people from the get. Jamie, like a year in, you know, but like a year and a half in. I digress. But I'm not gonna sit here and complain about Samoa Joe winning the TNT Championship. Joe looks fucking great. He looks in the best shape since like when he was fighting Brock Lesnar in 2016. And you love to see it. His fizz, his his intensity is there. I'm all for it. I want to see Joe and Wardlow. I want to see Joe and Hobbs. And I look forward to seeing if Joe keeps this belt or if Wardlow becomes a two-time TNT champion. Or if this is the way for Hobbs to take the belt off of Joe and Wardlow really never lost, so to speak. It'll be interesting to see. Number eight. Keep him with that trend of AWOGs. Let's talk about Jack Perry. Jungle Boy Jack Perry. Show opened up. You know, they, they could have went with a bevy of different matches. There's a bunch of different uh, candidates to open the show. Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus. When I did the preview show, I started this, my preface by saying, I cannot tell you how little I give a fuck about this match. I was dead wrong. I did say that I think it would be probably be good in ring, but I didn't care about it. Whew. Fourth best match of the night for sure. Maybe fifth. Yeah, probably fifth of the world's, world title match, but... Damn, this match fucking banged. It was a great way to start the show. The guys beat the hell out of each other. Bloody Jungle Boy was awesome. Jungle Boy's pyro to start the show was awesome. Luchasaurus got his spots in for sure. Interesting seeing the Luchasaurus tap out there. Definitely got to say this is going to be the end of the feud. But as I mentioned earlier, Jungle Boy climbing the cage, dropping the elbow through Luchasaurus on the table. Great stuff. Can't wait to see where Jungle Boy goes from here. Maybe Jungle Boy is the one to go and take that belt off of Samoa Joe. Maybe Jungle Boy gets a shot at MJF. Jungle Boy definitely stock rising up after that big win against Luchasaurus. Number nine, the theme of the fucking show. <laughs> A-E-W-O-G's. I'm saying the champions all but Samoa Joe are in AEW are currently all A-E-W-O-G's. I guess the trio's champion, Luchas, uh, the Lucha Bros and Pack, came from elsewhere forgot that those belts are a thing but they've been with AEW since like i look at guys like diamond moxley as a jericho as AEW ogs solely because they've been in there since the inception i get like they're not like they weren't like provided in the company like jamie hater you know she wrestled independently overseas um she's still like mjf the acclaimed wardlow hobbs Ricky, Sammy, Darby, Jungle Boy, Luchasaurus. These these are the ones like, you know, who are really, really on paper OGs. But I hope you understand what I'm saying when I'm saying that, you know, Britt, obviously, that these are AEW OGs. But just looking like throughout the night, 
Jungle Boy and the in Luchasaurus fucking started the show and tore it down. The and again they came from elsewhere, but they are OGs of the company. The Elite and Death Triangle. Come on, Jade and Nyla, real legit two OGs. Jade getting the big win. Sammy Guevara. Sammy Guevara looked fucking awesome in that ROH Championship match. Doctor Britt Baker. D M D help putting Soraya over. The triple threat match, Wardlow and Hobbs, Darby Allen, Jamie Hayter, the acclaimed, and MJF is your world champ. So run it. MJF world champ, Jamie Hayter women's champ, the acclaimed tag champ, Orange Cassidy all-Atlantic champ, trios champions, Death Triangle, and I'm going to count them too. That's nasty. And even if you look at the ROH side, guys like Danny Garcia holding the Pure Championship, AEW OG. Jericho, I know. I, I know, obviously, not an AEW OG because he, he bred and breed. But since the inception of the company, he's been there. So look at that. Like, you love to see it. You But you really love to see these younger people like MJF, Jamie Hayter, the acclaimed, Jade Cargill. Damn, why the fuck I didn't bring up Jade Cargill in the TBS belt? Like, I fucking, she's irrelevant. I don't know why I keep fucking forgetting her. This like three times I did. But that's what I'm saying. They got all their homegrowns. Homegrowns is what I should be saying. I even know, geez, homegrown talent winning belts right now. And I'm curious to see where the ratings go. But AW's in such good hands right now, especially in the ring, and their stories are getting better. I'm pumped to see where they go into the new year. Well, number 10, my thoughts going into Dynamite. Wrapping up full gear, I absolutely love the show. It was a 10 out of fucking 10. Going into Dynamite, we're going to see, I'm here from MJF. We're going to get to, to see his thoughts and the thought process between, be, be from, between him and William Regal and what went into turning on the Blackpool Combat Club and turning on John Moxley and how long this plan has been in effect. And, oh, I'm so excited. I'm fucking getting goosebumps thinking about it. And we're going to have Chris Jericho and Tomohiro Ishii for the ROH World Championship. We're going to have Orange Cassidy and Jake Hager for the All-Atlantic Championship. We're going to have Ricky Stacks taking on Ethan Page for number one contender for winter is coming. And I don't know. If, I don't think they've announced a women's match yet. I don't got anything in front of me. I'm just this off the top of my head. So if they announced women's match. I apologize, but I don't think. Oh, and the fucking trios match. Between Death Triangle and the Elite, number two. So I'm sure they'll get a women's match somewhere in there, but I don't, I don't know if they've announced it or not. Hell of a card. Hell of a show. I'm really looking forward to Dynamite. I wish I could get a babysitter. I'd definitely take Gary up on his options and go to this Dynamite. It would be the third year in a row, I think, in this venue we'd be doing it. But I don't know. Life, you know, it is what it is. I'm pumped going into Dynamite. I'm pumped up for full gear. It's a great time to be an AEW fan. I'm excited to see what they got going on. Um, with ROH final battle, I think I would think the main match is Jericho versus probably Brian Danielson. I, I think that's the story that they're telling. I, the pure championship, you're gonna get Danny taken on. I'm not sure who Danny's gonna be taking on, maybe like a Claudio or something. That'd kind of be fun, it'd be different if you keep it this maybe, maybe Sammy, Danny and Sammy, maybe would be a thing. You'll get FTR and the guns because they're not good enough to make. A dub show, but I get you're trying to space shit out. And I'd imagine Samoa Joe and Wardlow in, in some capacity. But I digress. This is a show for a different day. But, guys, gals, people, this was 
the first edition of AEW picks. I don't even remember what the fuck I was calling it at this time. <laughs> pick 10. AEW pick 10. The first rendition of AEW pick 10. I had a good time talking about it. I'm going to do the same thing for WWE right after this. And, uh, and yeah, thank you all so much for uh, tuning in. I didn't do it live. It's weird not doing this live, just recording it. Usually I hit record. I'm live. I'm, you know, I'm talking to people. I don't got to go back and do anything like that. But, like, yeah, I'm rapping somewhere. I'm not talking to people. It's weird. But I digress. Um, I appreciate if you're listening now, uh, if you're watching on YouTube, I really, really appreciate you tuning in. As always, you can find the Wrestling Index podcast on Floor Cypher Sports YouTube, all major audio platforms, SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify, and the Visionaries Global Media Network, and FloorCypherSports.com. FloorCypherSports.com is your home for sports, wrestling, entertainment, whether it's NFL, fantasy football, MLB, NBA, drafts, lists, podcasts, rankings, wrestling. We got it. FloorCypherSports.com. Again, thank you for to all of you who tuned in, I greatly appreciate it. We'll be back. We are.